Okay. Well, everything's uh, everything seems to be fine. We are recording this podcast. Uh, at some point, we really should. You know, when people ask, not that they do, but we should figure out how many episodes we've actually done. Frederick, I know it's 11 years this month. We're about a week away from our 11th anniversary. Does it really matter? Why did you get the, the counter of podcasts to do that? Mm-hmm. Get Mike to do that. Okay, two questions are in play. Does it really matter? No. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I would be curious. It, it, sort of ma- it sort of matters to us. Um, well, nothing really matters. Oh, nothing really matters. Anyone can see. Nothing really matters. Well, you know, of course it doesn't matter. I mean, uh, but I am curious. And so uh, uh, the only reason I'm curious is, uh, is, uh, is are we approaching? I know we're approaching th- well, well, close. We're, we're somewhere in the high 2000s. Right. I'm just saying if we, you know, we declare it's um, this is show through uh, 3000. It's quite a benchmark for us. We feel good about it. But how many listeners will be going? Oh, have you heard Humble and Fred show number 3000? Have you have you heard it? Well, I don't know if listeners talk like that. Oh, <laughs> listen. Listen, we must, listen, if you haven't heard Humble and Fred, you must listen yes. to number 3,000. Number 3,000 is so much better than 2,999. Have you heard 3,001? It was so much better. Yes. Dan, what were you suggesting that there's a... Uh, I'm, I'm sure Boone, we're going to get Boone on today. I'm sure Boone would know, or there's a way to know. Well, I'm sure he'd have a, a way of figuring it out and probably get it closer than you guys. Well, you had, you'd have to figure out how many shows are uh, up on the the, yeah. the cloud somewhere. There's somewhere. Minus the repeats for yeah. the golfing. Well, no, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't say it. Don't, don't, make, a, don't make a judgment. Minus the repeats <laughs> for golfing. Listen, man, I'm 62 years old. He's 80 or whatever. We're, we got to take time off. I'm not saying you shouldn't. But well, you, but you put you put a judgmental spin on that. <laughs> that's a that's a good point. Do you plan next year on having the same tournament schedule? You mean the same one I've had for the last eleven years? We've been doing this. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. You no, no, no. For several years, you weren't in tourney play. Much, not as much as now. But can your old brittle bones take <laughs> another su- summer such as this? Uh, well, uh, did, did did it seem to you that I played more this summer? Uh, yeah. Did it really? Uh, tourney play, yeah. Tourney. <laughs> I love how you're saying that. Yeah, you played a lot more tourneys, eh? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know one thing. Whatever number show this is, people are going to be like, did you hear show 2,793? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I don't hey, how know. How many radio shows do you think we did? <sighs> you mean like terrestrial radio shows? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. A lot? Would that be a good answer? From 1989 until... When was our last... Our last terrestrial show together was officially 2005, but then we were back on terrestrial radio during the podcast years, too. Yeah. I'm just saying we did five days a week, uh, probably 52, 48, maybe 47 weeks a year, right? Yeah, I figured at one point we were doing 250 shows a year between holidays and, and weekends and 
stats. So that's a that's a, I think that's accurate. Uh, I don't know, twenty years at two hundred and fifty shows, a thousand shows, fifteen hundred terrestrial radio shows, something like that. Yeah, uh-huh. do the math. Anyone out there who's interested, get no. a calculator, figure it out. <laughs> oh no, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't I, think there's I'm, too no, many no, people no. reaching for cal- calculators. No, I'm sorry. It's five thousand. Mm. Ten times two hundred and fifty, and twenty years of doing that, we've done five thousand terrestrial radio shows. That's all. Because we've been doing this for 11, and we've been far off, like, you know, nowhere near 47 weeks and often four days a week. So, but anyway, you know what? I think this whole, um, this whole line <laughs> of I know what you're going to say. Is I not good. No, it's you, you don't? Good. You think no. we should go, we, we get back to talking about Dan's wiener? Is that what you'd like to do? <laughs> That's right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Was there, was there, is there a show point? Is there some sort of thing that you want to like, uh, push out there to uh, get some, uh, you know, coverage in the media or something? Is it so we can say it's the, the big show, uh, the big 3000? <laughs> you know, I just think it's funny that I like, no, just first of all, great question, Dan. But I just think it's funny of all the innate, you know, nonsensical, whatever, like we'll spend 15 minutes talking about the most inane things. But for some reason, this is too. This has crossed a line. You know why? Why? Because a lot of those inane things are relatable to the audience. How many fucking shows we've done? I don't think anybody gives a shit except us. That's all. This is the point I'm making, Humble Howard. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, and again, I point out that there's about a dozen of those things in the last three weeks, and no one gives a shit about but us. <laughs> you could be true. You could be true. Um, uh, true. This won't surprise either of you, but I, I, it's come to my attention, and it was pointed out to me before XGFR um, that I, I don't really, and I try every time I get a new box of something, I really try and open it correctly. But it's mm-hmm. been pointed out to me that I don't have and this again. Won't surprise either of you. When I opened up a cereal box or a new thing of granola, whatever it is, I try my best to open it. So especially the resealable ones, you know how they give you, do you know what I'm talking about? Like give, they give you like a tear tab so that Mm -hmm. you can open something and then it has the sort of resealable Mm -hmm. mechanism, Ziploc-y type of thing. Mm hmm. I, I can't do it. I, I just try. I opened up a new box of cereal this week, and I was like, okay, I'm going to be really careful. And then I get frustrated, and I just rip it open. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then Rachel said to me once, she said, it looks like it was opened by weasels. That, <laughs> that went crazy in your cupboard. Because I just, I just want it open. And as much as I try and be careful... So I was just reminded of that this week when I got my cereal. I must want to know, are you two? I'm sure you are. You're probably like surgeons. Mm-hmm. Careful when you open up something. And does it ever? Like I try. And then the Ziploc-y things go, goes too far. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't quite open. And then it's just, then until the thing is done, it's just half open. And it just looks. I know. So many times I've done the same thing. It comes with, you know, the proper open and closer and my impatience or my refusal to spend 30 more seconds <laughs> investigating <laughs> a pair of scissors you just stab oh that's it. what i do i just start stabbing it with the scissors <laughs> well i tend to uh, take a pair of scissors and cut it open because of the uh, the innate problems with that 
So I just, you know, quick line across there, and it's uh, it's done. You don't even have to scissor it. Yeah, I understand. Line across there. You know, I've been successful a couple of times with resealable mm-hmm. bags. Yeah, but I, nice. the, but the cereal box, I find elusive, Dan. The box? You mean the, Well, just the opening glue? it. Because yeah, the way they glue it, I don't think it was meant to be opened by anything but weasels. <laughs> so it confounds you. Yeah, but all, all those things. I don't really uh, have that problem. I, you know, I, of course start, you I don't. look for the, the point in the box that has, you know, the lack of glue and then stick my fingers in. And, no, no. you know, when it starts to rip, then I, uh, then I stop and then find a better way. Well, the next time you're over, I want you to look at some of the boxes in my cupboard. It's disgusting. All right. Well, I will. It looks like I've got animals loose. <laughs> <sighs> um, here, here's another story nobody cares about. Other than you and I. Wait, should we, should we, should we, this entire show could be called Stories No One Cares About. I'm just here in the, uh, what do you call this, broadcast dialogue. comes out on Thursdays. Um, introducing our 2022 Canadian Radio Awards jury. That's <laughs> the jury. <clears throat> These are the people that will decide who wins the next... Uh, you know, the next season of radio awards. Okay. And it's, uh, do we know any of these people that we could take out for lunch? <laughs> <laughs> we'll go, who are the people? Who are these people? Chi Chi Louie. Love him or her. No, it's Love them. Her. Love all the Chi Chi's. Uh, career in Radio Taiwan, a program producer, marketing manager with International Community Radio in Taipei, and KISS Radio. I, I don't know. Okay. Randy Reed is a longtime media executive, currently general manager of Toronto's Vibe 105. Don't know him. Uh, Tamara Stanners uh, is the co-founder and co-executive producer of uh, Squamish Constellation Festival and involved in radio on some levels. We know this guy. Oh, John Marie Heimrath. We know him. He's oh, yeah. Probably, he's in charge of something. Yeah. He's built a podcasting empire. Apparently, <laughs> we know this guy, brother Jake Edwards. We could phone Jake. Jake might. Uh, what, what is it we want from these people? Well, we want to get into the broadcast. Hall of Fame. I, are these the people that will decide that? Uh, yeah, that's the jury. Well, no, no. you said but you, I thought these were for all the awards. So this is just for the broadcast Hall of Fame. Yeah. Canadian Broadcast uh, Hall of Fame. Well, you know what they're going to want to know first? The Radio Awards, yeah. Okay, but you know what they're going to want to know? What? How many shows have we done? <laughs> <laughs> I don't That's Nancy right. Brown D- Daco is direct media sales president. Don't know her. Okay. Jeez. Rob Braid, do you know him? I I've do. I worked for Rob. Oh, did you? Well, no, he was my general manager in Montreal. Well, call him. He worked for Slate for a long time. I don't know Did that. You get along? Yeah, get it's along? a great guy. Okay, good. Well, yeah. There you go. So we See, go Jean Marie, Braid, uh-huh. Brother Jake. <clears throat> right. Um, and who else? Rob Brain. Yeah. No, I said Rob Braid, Brother Jake, Jean Marie. Connie Thiessen. I don't know her. Mm hmm. And, uh, and we call them up and we say, okay, listen, group, it's time to end the embargo on Humble and Fred uh, as we approach show 3000. Since 1989, and there's yeah. by the way, there's a spot right. there. There's a new there. There's going to be a spot in the Hall of Fame because they have to, they have to uh, pull disgraced broadcaster John Derringer from there, or why even have a Hall of Fame? 
Well, uh, did I not hear that um, Aaron Davis, a heavyweight, and I mean that in in depth of career, not physically. You know what I mean. No, no, go on. You, you have to make this no, clear. No, go on and explain that some more. Well, uh, you know, no, I, yeah. not, make that clear nowadays. Yeah, or somebody's yeah. gonna, Did you hear that Fred called Aaron Davis fat? I, no, he said she was a heavyweight. <laughs> no, but you know, here's the kind of conversation our audience wants to have. Did you hear that Fred said something about Aaron Davis? Yes, what show was that? 2,793. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, what does Aaron Davis say? Well, apparently she said. That unless if if he doesn't go, she wants out. This is what I heard. Where Mm -hmm. is the hall, by the way? Is there a hall somewhere? I don't know. Yeah, I I know. That's a great question. I don't don't know. I think it's virtual. But what do you think? There'll be the same backlash if we're somehow snuck in there. That would be just our luck. They'd be like, okay, well, we finally relented, and we're putting Humble and Fred in the broadcast hall of fame, but. Unfortunately, everyone else has written letters saying, we're out. Okay. No, thanks. I'll call Jean-Marie. You call Rob Braid. We'll do a conference with uh, Brother Jake. We'll offer them all a health gauge watch to see if they'll. Yeah. Okay. I like it. So what what percentage of those people do you know? Like about a pretty 50? good, like, no, like, you know, 40%, 30%, you know. Yeah, I don't know. What's your point? You just need one insider. You need one. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever see 12 Angry Men? It was just one guy. Yes, I did. The Lee J. Was innocent, and you're going to win them over. The original. This is, this is a jury. This is a jury. Peter Fonda. Or no. Was it Peter Fonda? No. His, what's the dad's name? Uh, no, Henry. Henry Fonda. Henry. Yeah, sorry, I didn't know what you were asking. Yeah, Henry well, Fonda so, was one of the jurors. Lee J. Cobb, the original yeah, one. Yeah, fantastic. It's an old, old movie, but the original is really good. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it oh. still holds up, that movie. You'd think it would, right? Sure, why not? Probably happens all the time. <laughs> well, you know how they put those uh, disclaimers now? You know, movies, uh, you know, what, whatever, uh, violence, sexual connotation, blah, blah, smoking. I guarantee if you watch 12 Angry Men, all it would just be is the following episode, blah, 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 just smoking. <laughs> Everyone is smoking in every frame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all we need is one guy. We just need one of them on the inside. That's right. And to And just... Don't take no for an answer. Just keep pounding the table. Humble and Fred. Humble and Fred. Just keep saying, I'm not leaving this room until you agree to humble and Fred. That's all it takes. That's all it would take. Okay. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Can't wait uh, to play 12 angry broadcaster. (laughs) That's right. That that wouldn't be hard to find 12 of those. (laughs) My my play is called One Angry Man. (laughs) One really angry man. Uh, we got. There's a couple of great road rage stories today. Oh, okay. Well, it's not mine. Uh, one I don't know if we'll get to, but there's one involving a hockey player. Kind of uh, a road incident. A guy named Sean Avery. He's a yeah, knucklehead. Um, we got some hockey stuff on the show today as well. I, I've been saving this story. Um, because I thought uh, one of you might pick. Um, well, I thought Dan might find it in the news. I, do you know what this sound is? <laughs> Those are uh, goats. Oh, and uh, this was a phenomenon a while ago where these video or audio uh, 
fucking <laughs> goats. They sound like humans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Remember this kind of phenomenon? Yeah. yeah. Where they're laughing and they're screaming. And uh, why I bring this up again, and again, I thought Dan would certainly have come across this story. In uh, Morocco, have you been to Morocco, Dan? I have. Yeah. At first I thought, oh, this is one of those internet photoshoppy memes. But it turns out in Morocco, they have these tree climbing goats. And there's all these photos and videos of these goats up a tree. I just ask you now, if you will, both of you, just Google goats up a tree and tell me that's not the most bizarre thing you've ever seen. Just do it. <laughs> all right, here I go. All right, here I go. What? What? Are you beneath? I goats think I've up- seen this. I think I've seen this. Dan, before. don't tell me you're beneath goats up a tree. Yeah, I've seen. Oh wow. Well. Yeah, I've seen this before. Too. Oh, you have. It makes sense yeah, because yeah. you know, you know, uh, mountain goats—they can just cling to the side of a mountain. Yeah, this is a variation of this where they're pretty, pretty steady on their feet, right? Yeah, well, more so than I would have thought. They're just—it's—they're on like branches, <laughs> but it's a very visual thing. It yeah. is a very visual thing. And but I when I when I saw it, I'm like, okay. Who was the first goat? Who was that groundbreaking goat that went, okay, guys, you know how we can go up the side of mountains? I think what we should do is see what happens if we go up this fucking tree. (laughs) And he went up there, and uh, he liked it. Or she liked it. That's a great concept. What 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 about the first bird to fly? Son of a bitch had wings, right? The egg hatches. Or what came first, the egg or the bird? And decided that, you know, I might, yeah, I might be able to use these to fly. Yeah. I mean, you do that with so many things, couldn't you? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, you could. What if that first bird had never done that? They'd all be walking around with no idea they could fly. No. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go with you because you're my lifelong partner, but uh, it's not quite the same thing. Because birds okay. are meant to fly. It's like, it's like a, a, what's the first uh, animal that said, what are these feet for? We're, we're talking about a, an animal that doesn't normally <laughs> climb trees. It's a bit out of context, although, again, we'll acknowledge your, your idea, your bit. Obviously, it's instinctive. How yes, do it. Fred. Yes, it is obviously that. It's instinctive. Again, like flying. Walking, I'm not sure about that. But uh, these quirky little things. How does a skunk know to spray his shit? You know what I mean? Like, Well, those are all in- instincts. You is know? that the mother skunk going, mm-hmm. hey, by the way, you have this little stink talking at the back there. If you're ever in trouble, blast it. <laughs> like so many. Th- it's just it's wonderful, actually. Those instincts these animals know. Like that weasel, that mink that was up at, uh, you know, lived in my boat for years. It was just amazing how they know to come back to their own home and exactly where they are. You can take some animals miles away and they find their way back. It's crazy. And fascinating. And I appreciate what you're saying. I just don't know that it's analogous to the fact that goats, it would be like another animal. Okay, all of a sudden elephants you know, started doing something that wasn't elephant-like. I don't have that right now, but okay. you know what I mean. Well, like, I see what you're saying. It's like all of a sudden elephants showed up at the Tim Hortons mm-hmm. drive-thru. 
See, I might be more impressed with these goats in the tree if just one could do it, but they all can do it. Yeah, but my point is one had to do it first. It's not like right. the goats, because it's not like goats were, are born and just start jumping up into trees. One goat said, okay, we're good at this uh, hanging off the side of mountain stuff. I think, <laughs> just go with me here, he said, I think I could get up that tree. And they're all like, no way. And then he did it. And then he's like, and then everyone went, oh, okay, cool. By the way, it does just take one to break yeah. that seal. Oh, you know, yeah. as they say in the goat world, the tree ceiling—he <laughs> broke one goat, <laughs> one one crafty goat. Yeah, he broke the goat ceiling. The tree ceiling was broken on that day, Dan. See, Dan gets it. Dan gets it. Well, my my question now would be: When is today's show going to get interesting? Wow! Hi, Liz. Hi, Liz. Now we're waving to people in the background. Hi, Liz. <laughs> Uh, you tell me, okay, Chirpy? You tell me when it's going to get interesting. Oh, should we go back to talking about who we know on the broadcast dialogue board? <laughs> Fuck. Oh, do we know this? And Jason, do we know them? Chi Louie. I'm going to find out about her today. <laughs> When, when you, I'll, I'm going to ask that now randomly. Oh, could you tell me when this show is going to get interesting? <laughs> you know, go back and read all the people on the radio Hall of Fame board. I did. Oh, <laughs> well, oh. No, I'm saying if you oh, if you don't oh, think oh, the goats right. up a tree is interesting, no, it's very interesting. It is. Again, and to bring it back to that, I mean, I've you know the whole mountain goat thing just. When I see a mountain goat, like on the side of a mountain, it's like, why? Yeah, I don't know why how they do that. Do that? No, I and how often? And I bet you the incidents of them actually falling off those mountains are like nothing. Like, how do they do that? Why do they want to do that? Like I've looked it up here. On little ledges on the side of the... It's crazy. So this tree thing is... Um, it's Yeah, it's, okay. it's super interesting. Go, go well. ahead, Dan. What were you Clo- say? Goats climb trees because yeah. they want to feed, are keeping watch, or evading their predators. Oh. So it really is a scaredy ass goat. The, the first one. Well, probably. the first one went. Hey, we're being traced. We're being chased by a, a lynx or a puma. <laughs> I know what. I, all the other goats are running away, and that one goat went. There's no way we're going to outrun this puma. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to jump up this tree, and then a bunch of goats got eaten, and a few of them that didn't went. Okay, next time we get attacked by a lynx or a puma. By the way, I'm, going, I'm going up this tree. When you take Stan out now, it gets dark earlier at night. Do you keep him on a leash? Do I like take him out for a walk? Of course, I keep yeah, him on a leash. This coyote thing. No, no. Out. But I in, in the back here when he goes uh, and does his you know last business of the night. No, I don't. I just have but you him. don't go up to that park or anything. No, no, like no. That. I never. I never leave this compound without him on a leash. Yeah, but in the but backyard the park, there, you let him run, right? Uh, but you wouldn't do that at night. No, no. And, and I let him run in that park just during the day. But when, you know, where you used to park is where he goes. Oh, no. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Because small dogs, man, and these coyotes got to watch it. Mm-hmm. Well, what, yeah, I, what yeah, I'm I guessing. I brought that up because you were talking about predators. What I what think what will happen, though, is Stan will <laughs> use his goat like instincts and just go, you know, jump, trying to jump up a tree. <laughs> Way. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, listen, I don't know. We got our emails today. Hopefully that'll be of interest to people. We had a lot of response to a few things. Uh, Dan Duran's uh, news. Dan Duran, come back uh, right at the bottom of the hour. Okay. So that we can get your news on. Uh, you left yesterday. 
Yeah, you I left. Know, right, right, you had to during, go. Uh, Jewish high holiday. That's right, Dan. You had to go uh, Yom Kippur it up. Did you do any Yom Kippuring? I did not. No, I did not oh. fast. I did not atone. I got a whole other year of sins now. I got a mad. They're adding up. <laughs> My it's like a it sins with interest. Uh, crazy. Yeah. I got a crazy amount of sin interest. It's been years since I atoned. I'm in overdraft right now. <laughs> hey, who determines what a sin is? Like, you know what I mean? Like one man, uh, baby Jesus, baby Jimmy, or something, huh? Well, who determines uh, what in the Jewish religion or in general? Yeah, it's just so I'm atoning for my sins. What you know, uh, what uh, constitutes a sin? Like, as I say, one man's sin is another man's pleasure. Hmm. Could that well, fall within the Jewish? Uh, you know what? I really faith. wish I had an answer for you, but I don't. Okay, it's the it's the sin council. <laughs> That's right. There's, it's, you know they, who they it is, Fred? Together once it's the same guys that broadcast dialogue. <laughs> There's uh, <laughs> it's uh, Brother Jake, Rob Braid, John Marie Heimrath. Those are the ones that are the sin uh, council. Don't forget Choo Choo Lee Louie. <laughs> Careful yeah. now. You still want her vote. Oh, that's right. <laughs> All right. It only takes one on the inside. Remember that. And yeah, don't shit on Chi Chi. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, obviously, in the in the Christian nationalist world, everything's a sin. Everything the Democrats do is oh, a yeah. sin. Yeah. But in the, uh, you know, it's a great question. And, you know, I'm going to see uh, ex-wife Randy tonight. We're having a, a France planning session. And uh, I will ask her, do tell me, honey, because uh, she would have uh, fasted. Tell me who and what constitutes a sin uh, mm-hmm. in the world of the uh, Judeas. That's a great question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Well, listen. There's been a lot of blood. Has been a lot of things said on this. <laughs> I played the end of the show. That would be it. Well, that would be funny if one day we just did. We should just do that. One day, just do the opening 22 minutes and just go. Okay, thanks everybody. <laughs> see, we'll see you on Monday. All right. Here's Dan Duran to start the show. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the Humble and Fred studios in trendy Toronto and from Brampton, beautiful Brampton, and is brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and HealthGage. And now here are two men who just love the fall season, jumping in piles of leaves, skipping through cornfields, licking pumpkins, and sticking apples up their ass. It's Humble and Fred. What the hell was that all about? Dan Duran hanging out there, sticking candles up her ass. Jesus, God. Uh, yesterday was a beautiful, we were just talking. Is this okay, by the way? I'm, now I'm nervous. I, I don't know what to bring up because I'm just waiting for you to jump on me. Oh, is that of interest, Humble Howard? Uh, yesterday, and it looks like today's going to be all equally as lovely, uh, but you came home from the trailer. I had a couple things I wanted to run by you. So you mm-hmm. packed up yesterday and came back to Brampton, and we were talking about how the, there was like a six-degree temperature difference between the lake and the city. And yesterday yeah. afternoon was uh, like there are very few days. It's weird because it was the 5th of October. Mm-hmm. Very few days in my summer that have been as nice as yesterday was. And it was like October. Oh, beautiful fall day. You can't. Uh, yeah, it really is something. There's nothing like it. Where you have that clarity of the sky, and it's just so beautiful, and the colors and the warm air, but not humid. It's well, that's the thing I was going to say. It's just wonderful. It's 25 degrees without the humidity. Mm-hmm. 
maybe there was like a percentage or two of humidity that that kept it sort of as you say the air was warm and you know it's interesting even even when it got to later in the afternoon like we finished around 6 30 and it was still warm enough like there was a bit of coolness in the air but isn't it interesting maybe <laughs> again i don't know but to me it seems interesting that our best days in toronto summer sometimes come and i'm sure we've said this a thousand times but sometimes come september october they're the best days for outdoor activities because you know july and august around here can be punishing oh you're so you're so uh, correct about that <laughs> am i so my question to you and and i wonder if it's the same for others when you close up you have that last day Mm. like yesterday is that like especially at our age is it sort of bittersweet you're like well the flexibility in my schedule now being able to do this show from anywhere i can look at a calendar or our weather forecast and go hey that's a good day to do that like i've done that with closing my pool i do it myself because i sort of enjoy it and i like saving the money um but, you know, you look ahead and you think it's around that time. Oh, look at that day. It's going to be 22 and sunny. Put some tunes on and take my time doing it. And, uh, again, being able to do this from the Tin Palace now, it's like, ah, I'll just, oh, look at that nice uh, couple of days there. Because I'll tell you, closing in nice weather is so much better than closing in shitty weather. Because mm-hmm. I've done it before. I've done it with snow flying. Come on. Like flurries, yeah. Like cold and uncomfortable, and when do they officially kick you out of there? Like when's the end of the actual trailer season? Uh, Tuesday. Well, Monday would be the last day, I think, or Tuesday after Thanksgiving is actually, unless you buy yourself a shoulder passy, eh? then you you can go in. Okay. After that, but I don't do that. I have no interest in that area after uh, Thanksgiving. You guys used to all Unless go up, I'm up there. Buddy Darren's cottage. I was going to say you guys <laughs> used to all go up there and uh, much. Of, you had your Thanksgiving at the trailer. Then when it was yes. when you guys were yeah. younger, there was you know mm-hmm. twenty people at your dinner and oh, 40, 50. 40, 50 people at your mm-hmm. dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, like so many other things, that's gone. Uh, that's gone to the wayside. What will you do for Thanksgiving? This is it. This well, because when, when is actually is it Monday? Is it Monday's Thanksgiving? Well, I guess that's, that's the uh, stat. Uh, that's the stat. I think a lot of people have dinner on Sunday for whatever reason. Hmm. Um, but my busy family, uh, I think we're going to have <clears throat> somewhat of a get-together on Sunday here. But my son is traveling this weekend, so he'll be represented by his dog, Dougie. Dougie's going to be at your place? Yeah, but I think Dan's going to be in Philadelphia, so... Danny, your son. Danny, my son. Danny, my son. <laughs> Danny, my son. Danny, my we, son. Uh, we, we Char- babysit Dougie, the uh, French uh, bulldog. Mm-hmm. Will you have him on Sunday? Yeah. Okay. Because uh, I might be coming back. I might play Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe on the way home, I'll pop in. Uh, listen, so what I'm going to be doing, if it's of any interest to you, no, I know you 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 uh, uh, smoke turkey, mm-hmm. but um, we're going to be at Charlie's place, okay? And I'm having trouble with the smoke turkey thing because I I keep calling a bunch of different places. You know, now it's unless you go through catering, 
mm-hmm. what he's talking about. I, I, we like we have this place we like to go, and it doesn't have smoked turkey anymore, which is a drag. But it's a, it's that's kind of our, our vibe. I don't want a full like Thanksgiving turkey anymore. But uh, we're gonna have it at my daughter's place. You know that whole carving. You seem so exasperated. I just find it. I just find it annoying. Anyway, but I, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so I can't find the smoked turkey, but I'm going to try harder today. I told my ex, I said I'm working on it. Uh, but our Thanksgiving is going to be Charlie, uh, her guy, Spencer, me, ex-wife Randy. Uh, I'm not sure if any of the cousins are going to be there. And I think we're going to do it on Monday. And that's our that's the stat in Canada is the Monday. You know, Howie. Yes, Frederick. You don't want to get into the carving and all that. You know, you can go to any of these grocery stores and you can get turkey pieces like just the breasts and some yeah. drumsticks and you could bake them or barbecue them if you want to do that. Yeah, I might have or, to do that because I'm having trouble ordering it uh, from these restaurants. Or go get one of those butterball cook from Frozen's. We often do that, and they're great. No, oh, yeah, I've done those before too. And, it's, and they're uh, part of me. I've done those. Yeah, well, just throw that in for five or six hours, pop it out, and you're ready to roll, brother. Thanks for that. I appreciate the advice. Um, or and and mm-hmm. or and maybe take advantage of that um, that thing on uh, our uh, you know. The barter system there, the uh, Le Jardin. <laughs> Take the whole crew up there. I've done that before. Okay. It's all done for you. Yes, I understand that. Um, but before we forget and go any further, let's have a, a listen to this important message. During your commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. I just got a message from my buddy who's taking care of his buddy's dog. Says, uh, walk out back this morning and a skunk empties its scent glands on the dog and I. Oh, God, so that's when you when you were asking me about standing in the back there. That's yeah. another my because I'm not worried about coyotes around here because there's too much traffic and noise. But I have seen a couple of skunks late last winter. Same here. I got them around here. You got to watch. It. You got to watch it, especially one of the ones that I had back there is because I usually walk out before him and he'll just come chasing this not the dog, not the skunk. But I saw like a baby skunk and I quickly, you know, sort of shy sh- 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 stand away or shushed him away, I should say. But that for a while there, I was a bit nervous because I'm like, I don't need that aggravation of having to de-skunk a dog. Have you done that? I've never done it. Yeah, uh, my dog, Billy, years and years ago, we were by a, a campfire and she used to lay at my feet into the late into the evening it was probably one o'clock in the morning and we're walking back up the road and she runs ahead of me and then i hear the scuffle and then i smell it so it's like one thirty-two in the morning i'm getting her to jump off the dock and i didn't have the proper stuff and i'm using shampoo on her and you can't let her in the tin palace and what do i do with her it was horrible so did you sleep outside i didn't she did oh she didn't, i didn't yeah. get, i didn't get sprayed but it was awful. She didn't understand. No. What I'm concerned with, Danny's dog, um, this French bulldog, you know, obviously their breathing is somewhat complicated. 
if 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 he ever took a skunk full blast in the nose, it would be it might be life and death because it really screws them up. If they take it full blast in the face, any dog. Right. Well, boxers, Boston's French bulldogs, they all have that pushed in pugs. Yeah. And uh, Stan, well, you remember Stan doesn't do it as much as he used to. But you remember he used to do that thing where he right. he'd, he'd catch his breath or, or I'm sorry. Right. He couldn't catch his breath because there's a, a thing called a brachial stop or whatever. But it's the fact mm-hmm. that their their breathing is already a bit weird and he would get himself winded. But I imagine yeah. the same thing for him. He would have trouble. Yeah. I don't well, know if it'd be like even friendly. Stan has more, more of, of a snout. snout. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, I think there's more room in there. This little guy, he like snores crazy and <laughs> like he's, <laughs> he's something else. It would just I'd be very concerned. I will say this. Yeah, that, again, even though French bulldogs are, are, are a little different than Stan's breed. But that yeah. snoring, it's gotten better. As he's gotten older, it, like his oh. first, when he was mm-hmm. a puppy, it was ridiculous. Two things Boston's are famous mm-hmm. for is snoring mm-hmm. and gas. Kind of like me yeah. now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I know. And uh, Dougie's gas is pretty ghastly as well. Oh, yeah. Well, it's because of the way they, because they bring in air so much when they eat. Like they yeah. think about it. So he's got his nose in that bowl and, and it's also already they're having trouble breathing. So he takes in so much air when they eat that it just becomes a gaseous mess. And another reason not to give them, uh, you know, table scraps, because that would just add to the odor. It's bad no, enough exactly. just being the kibble. But uh, We got uh, your emails and we've got a couple of uh, interesting hockey stories. Well, one in particular. Uh, but first, let's talk about these fine folks, Fred. Come well, on. the retirement Sherpa yes. was on the show yesterday. And uh, just a reminder, do you have a uh, power of attorney? If you don't, look into it. Uh, <clears throat> because, well, you just need one. It's the responsible thing to do. You know, if you have an estate of any value, and I mean any value... Do your uh, survivors, or whatever you want to call them, a favor. Have all those things in place. Very, very important. And, of course, a power of attorney that goes along with, uh, you know, your will. Just do those things. It's responsible. It helps those that have to figure out your estate once you're gone. Yes, it does. Just more great information from the Retirement Sherpa. Uh, Tim is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. RetirementSherpa.ca is how to contact the man. Yeah, it's not just for when you die. What if you become, you know, in a a vegetative state? Incapacitated, absolutely. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's no good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. It's been. A, I can't remember if we did this last week or we're, it's a long time ago. Uh, but uh, here we go. Hi guys. Hi guys. Hi guys. Hi guys. Hi guys. Says Jim Barnes. I have a couple things for you. First things first. Howard, would you want someone to stop and help your daughter if they were in a position of needing a boost? Uh, yeah, that's uh Obviously, a great, great point. Of course, I would. The best excuse, by the way, which is interesting, because I thought this Jim, first of all, sort of is chastising me mm-hmm. for not immediately boosting the guy. 
And we as uh, a story from earlier in the week. And then he says, though, the best excuse for the future is to tell whoever asks that you have a weak battery and you're on your way to a garage, which is a good lie if you're looking for one. Then he says, Fret, what? Well, if your car is usually your, your car is running when you give a boost. Yeah. So literally the strength no, of the battery. Yeah. I, I like my excuse. <clears throat> I'm on my way to the vet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then he says, Fred. You can uh-huh. still get apple pie at McDonald's. They're two for two ninety nine, I believe. Oh, I didn't know that. He says, keep up the great job. And he signs uh, his uh, salutation, as we were taught in uh, school. His uh, sign-off is cheers. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Jim. Um, <clears throat> further to that subject matter, I was a little hard on you yesterday or the day before. Hard on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, Beavis. Hard on. <laughs> what's that no because i said you know what's giving a guy a boost it you know little very little effort takes a couple of minutes if it's the winter and i'm there and a guy says hey buddy will you help me push my car out of a snowbank?" i say no you know i have a history of back problems and i don't want to uh, put myself in physical jeopardy i am sorry i would say this i am sorry i'm i can't do that <laughs> yeah you're right you know, so there are different levels of this. Oh, absolutely. Like, seriously, I'm not pushing a guy's car out of the snowdrift. There's not. It's not happening. I slip. I throw my back out. For That's him. all you for what? For some stranger. Don't even know the guy. I don't even know if I'd do it for you. <clears throat> um, I might. Uh, but great. Uh, well, yes. Uh, thank you. And yes, you should help your fellow people uh, when you can. And uh, that's all I have to say about that. Hi, all right, guys. let's move on. This next Hi, one is guys. from Rod Fitchett. Anchorman is the title. Hi, guys. I was listening to the podcast when you had Jeff Woods on. And for some reason, I had an epiphany about Dan Duran, the Anchorman. How is it that no one has picked up on the double entendre of Dan being an Anchorman, a.k.e. or a.k.a. news guy, and Dan having an anchor between his legs and making him the anchor man. <laughs> he wrote, ha, 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 loving you. <laughs> I like that. Yes, he did write, ha, 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 ha. Well, and I looked at that. I don't know what you thought about it, but I thought, you know what, Rod, you got a good point. It's, but mm. in, in, a, in a situation where Fred and I are, you know, we're doing so many dick jokes. We, we're going to miss a few. We're going to miss a few. <laughs> That's right. You know. Nobody bats a thousand. <laughs> That's right. You know, sometimes you got to watch some of those uh, come across the plate. You're like, okay, I'm not going to swing at every pitch. Hi, guys. Uh, all right. Hi, guys. Uh, speaking of which, the uh, Jays tomorrow through the weekend playing. Uh, who are they playing again? The Seattle Mariners. That's right. Seattle. Game one tomorrow, 407. Game two, Saturday, 407. Game three, if necessary, Sunday at 207. Oh, those are just shit times. <clears throat> I got a little explanation on that. Yeah, go ahead. You want it now or later? Uh, I don't, is it well, the, I'll do it. Is now. it the kind of thing we should tease? Coming up later in the show, we'll explain why the Jays are playing at 4-4-2. Four, four, no, interesting. No, they actually caught a breakthrough this because usually Toronto gets the shitty start times because they can't rate the American network. It's very important. They cannot rate Toronto, right? So okay. they're only getting half the ratings. So tomorrow, a game starts at noon. Tampa Bay and Cleveland starts at noon. That mm. would have that would have been the Toronto time if they weren't playing Seattle. But because they're playing Seattle, 
if they started at noon, that would be 9 a.m. Uh, 9 a.m. on the West Coast. So that's that's just not that that wouldn't be fair to the people on the West Coast, because a lot of people will go to work tomorrow and leave early for the game. Right. But you, you can't have a game at 9 a.m. in the morning and try to get any type, uh, type of television ratings from that one market. So if it was nine, they'd get no ratings from Toronto and Seattle. So they've so it's actually a break for the Jays to get four o'clock rather than noon. Well, I like the uh, four. Where am I going to be? I think I might watch a four o'clock Saturday game, but two o'clock Sunday, I'll be watching golf. Uh, by the way, have you ever been to Seattle? Why? What? What tournament could possibly trump a game three of the wild card series with your Toronto Blue Jays? Is it what is it? The Masters again or something? Yeah, some Fall Masters. Are, have you ever been to uh, Seattle? <laughs> no, I'd like to. Yeah, I've, I've spent quite a bit of time there. But uh, when I was uh, first starting out on the road doing stand up, when I you know sort of went from doing it part time to full time, I spent quite a bit of time in Seattle, and uh, the comedy club I played there was near the old Kingdom. Right, which in, which in its day was sort of the um, one of those structures that was you know kind of like the Sky Dome when it first opened up. It was an amazing. Right. It was it was mm-hmm. in that category. There was a bunch of them that kind of sprung up at that time. The King Dome, mm-hmm. the uh, Superdome, uh, a couple others. But it, it, it's been Astrodome. Rep- Astrodome. But hasn't it? it I, I know I sound Astrodome. Stupid. Hasn't it been replaced by some other fancier modern structure? No, what they did. Those stadiums, the Metrodome and the one in Seattle, they were throw, They were sort of a basic stadiums. They they were neat. They had the inflatable roofs, right? Um, but the one in Seattle, like the one in Houston and the one in Minnesota, they were multi-use. Uh, they were for both football and baseball. Oh, really? Yeah. Now, if you go online, you can watch them implode the Kingdom cool. and the Metrodome. And then they've been replaced with outdoor, separate football and baseball stadiums. That's cool. Um, And again, being a little bit nervous about what is and what is not interesting. This may interest you that uh, one of the weeks I spent in Seattle early in my career, I opened for, and I've told this story, but I opened for uh, a young woman who had a sitcom at the time. And I sort of was vaguely aware of who she was. But I spent uh, basically Wednesday through Sunday um, doing the MC spot, <clears throat> excuse me, the MC spot for Rosie O'Donnell. Wow, that's yeah. something. But she was just some, oh, just a you know, sort of semi well known. But she was the headliner, and yeah, wow. So in those days, in the in the states, the MC or opener, which was me, you do uh, fifteen or twenty minutes off the top, then a, a middle act does thirty, and then you come back for five, and then she does like mm-hmm. she did like forty five a night, fifty a night. She was great, mm-hmm. but very very. You know, sometimes you work with headliners and they're very you know want to hang out after. She didn't want to hang out with any of us, so like literally did the set left. Mm-hmm. Never saw her again till the next night. Yeah. Anyway, uh, my attraction to Seattle, that area, wanting to go there. Remember the show? Here come the brides. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, the Here's bluest the sky you ever seen in, in Seattle. Seattle. Yeah, man. Because I was all I watched, I watched the show, and yeah. uh, just the geography was just breathtaking on that show. And I'm being halfway serious here, but I remember the theme you just sang. Uh, but yeah. You know, I'm one for geography, and I know just that state outside of uh, Seattle is amazing. Well, you're right. I, I will say this. I've, take, I've taken the ferry from Victoria 
to Seattle because there was a short time in the summer of like 85 or 86 when I was dating a young woman who lived in Seattle just briefly, a couple months. And uh, we took the ferry from Victoria where I was playing back to her place in Seattle. And it was like, that is one of the, again, not to be too, uh, you know, hyperbole, but it's one of the most beautiful places on earth. And it's, you know, here available Mm -hmm. to us Canadians. No. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to take that ferry. Definitely. Through the uh, Straits of Juan de Fuca. I've taken it from (laughs) Vancouver to uh, the island, but to take it down there would be fantastic. Hey, by the way, uh, got a note from uh, Neil Morrison, Brother Bill. Um, He said around Vancouver, he's seen a ton of Blue Jay caps, um, which he finds surprising because traditionally, you know, the proximity to Seattle, a lot of Mariner fans there. Mm hmm. And he said it's really surprised him to say to see the Blue Jay Caps and how Vancouver has fallen in love with the Jays. And most of Canada has, but Vancouver's sort of a different beast. Yeah. He said just from the perspective that everybody in Vancouver so despises Toronto. Oh yeah. And everything about Toronto. He said it has surprised like don't mention the Leafs, right? In Vancouver. <laughs> Or anything else, Toronto, but they love their Blue Jays. Uh, not, a, not a difficult team to like, obviously, but he sent me that note. You know, the rest of Canada, and I've lived in five of our provinces, the rest of the country has an east-west mentality. Yeah. Like, right up until about the middle of Alberta-ish. Mm-hmm. But as you get into BC, there's a real north-south mentality. It really, and, and I lived there for only a couple of years Many years ago, but that was one of the things that struck me, that the people in Mm -hmm. Vancouver tend to relate more to Seattle, more to California. By the way, before I forget, speaking of geography, if you can do this, uh, I've spent some time in in Portland, and you would love it. But, you know, that geography between, you know, Washington State into Portland, into Northern California, again, you know, stunning. And just beautiful. That's that's on my bucket list. All those mountains, you know, Mount St. Helens that erupted in... All oh. those years ago. Yeah, do it, man. No, I really would. You know, once we uh, get finished with, uh, you know, schmoozing the Broadcast Dialogue Hall of Fame Committee, mm-hmm. we're going to have some time. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi guys. Uh, this one is uh, interesting. Uh, squirrels versus rats. I brought it up on the show. I was saying, uh, talking about how, uh, how come everyone thinks squirrels are cute. They're just rats with neat tails. Uh, this is from Anne Marie Oliver says, hi, humble and Fred Hundy P here. I really enjoy the podcast. Howard comma. I have always agreed with you. I, I have always agreed with your recent take on squirrels versus rats. It made me remember a commercial from 15 years ago. I often think back to, and it includes a, a great space hog song. Thanks from a big fan. And Oliver, and what she's referring to is this Mitsubishi commercial. Why do people love squirrels but hate rats? They're both rodents. And yet the squirrel is tolerated, downright beloved. Why? Does that cute fuzzy tail make that much of a difference? Absolutely. Introducing the all-new 2000 Mitsubishi Eclipse. Nicely equipped at 17.7. How about that? <laughs> I thought you'd get that. The 2000 uh, Mitsubishi, Mitsubishi Eclipse at $17,000. Hmm. What, what is that Space Hog song, by the way? I love that. Space Hog. It sounded a bit like... Uh... Is it this? Boone will know. 
Oh, yeah, here it is. In the meantime. All right, okay. But uh, there you have it. This uh, idea of squirrels versus rats. It's not a new one. I remember this song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is definitely uh, CFNY early edge years. Um, thank you very much, Anne Marie Oliver. Appreciate you uh, getting a uh, hold of us and uh, and helping to, uh, Hi, you know, guys. Hi, guys. put the squirrels versus rat debate behind us. Uh, all right, Freddie. This is uh, David Kemp uh, checking in, and uh, he uh, titles this "Fall and Call." Hi, guys. Listening to you talk about uh, wellness. Uh, wellness calls in the September 8th episode. He doesn't put what number that was. Now, so whether see, if he, we had a number, he'd be able to tell us. He said, anyway, I'm a little behind, and I thought I would share this with you. A few, a few years ago, my uncle, who lived alone, slipped in his kitchen, broke his leg. He lay there for five days before we found him. Yeah. And then Dave ends with uh, just saying, which I'm not big on the whole just saying thing. But Dave, um, you know, that's fine. If you want to write just saying, that's good. Um, but he was just saying. Yeah, this happened to his uncle. Because I was talking about, basically, what if I'm here alone? Right. You know, you don't come here anymore. You know, we're not doing a show. We don't really talk. Mm-hmm. No one will. I'll just lay here on the floor in my own mess. Well, I'll tell you, if eventually you, you know, knew that you were going to be found, that would be a great way to lose some weight. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It would be. It would yeah. be. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I'd like snap a femur and just lay on yeah. the floor for a few days. Good. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Beer come broke down. Hi, guys. I'm glad you're reading this one. <sighs> Why? Because it's so long? Involved. Yeah, okay. It's basically from Wayne Cruz, and he's talking about uh, the sp- Dana Spade, Dana Carvey, and David Spade have a a podcast i gave it a, i don't know have you listened to it i gave it about uh, five episodes early on and i just found it annoying i listened to the mike myers one yeah uh sorry it's okay you know david spade on his own i think would be better than with him and dana only because i don't think it's dana's best forum anyway it's a long email for us about how uh there was a sketch that was supposed to get on but didn't and that uh you know, it's, I think I'm going to go listen. I, my point about this is I would go listen to it just to hear the story of Lauren Michaels talking to David Spade and, mm-hmm. and Dana Carvey. Uh, so thanks for that, Wayne. He ends it, though. Uh, keep up the good work. And I wish Road Rage Guy, the guy that I quietly told to slow down, <laughs> says, I wish Road Rage Guy had run into old Howard. And I thought that was cute. And I'm like, yeah, old Howard would still be on the street somewhere hunting that guy down. Hi guys. Hi, Hi guys. guys. Hi guys. Hi guys. Beer come broke down. Bill Chaput. Billy uh, titles this documentary uh, The Murdoch's Empire of Influence. The series airs Sundays at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. I believe that's on CNN. It is, it's, yeah, it's CNN. Mm hmm. Show description, who's who, meet the Murdoch family. It's not hard to see how the Murdochs inspired Succession, a show that I liked, I think, more than you. Uh, in pictures, media mogul uh, Robert, uh, Rupert Murdoch, and then he gives us a link to investigate more about 
uh, the similarities. And I, I've heard that before. Yeah. I've also heard them promoing it on CNN. And I thought, you know, that yeah. would be interesting. And it's interesting that CNN is doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, to, again, further the concept that CNN, at least, sure, it's, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. representing the centrist and left opinion. But it also would do something like this. You'll never see something like this on Fox. Well, I was uh, reading something. What's the name of his oldest son? I forget. Um, they're in a weird situation because his oldest son just despises Trump mm-hmm. and the whole that whole mega movement. But here you have this burgeoning business, the number one cable news outlet, that its lifeline is, you know, protecting and promoting on some level Donald Trump. Now, you've made the observation recently that they've fallen off a bit. Yeah, Lachlan uh, and Murdoch is the one you're thinking of. He hates yeah. him. Yeah. So, you know, of course, the old man's going, you know, it's bottom line. What matters? We, you know, we have to do what we have to do to keep that bottom line where it is. And it's quite impressive. Um, oh, it is. Um, it, it, it's quite it, it really is. And uh, so they're sort of in this weird situation where they know it's wrong and they know Trump is an idiot and they know it's not good for America, but it's good for business. Do you know how old Rupert Murdoch is? No. 91 years old. Mm. So his son, Lachlan, is going. He's, I mean, he's already taken over, I'm sure. But uh, mm-hmm. he will be the. I, I mean, I was thinking of this uh, thing, uh, documentary, just because I thought that would be fascinating to find mm-hmm. out. What, what, what fuckery have those people been up to all these years? Mm-hmm. Anyway, thanks. You know, to, that that no, would be no, a lot like no. a business, like, you know, that pollutes the environment. But they know it. But, geez, they make a lot of money. That's basically what's going on here. It's like a lot of businesses do that. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay. Let's take care of a little bit of business. Then we're going to delve into this Hockey Canada story, which is, uh, you know, a lot of people accuse us of spending too much time talking about U.S. politics. But here's a great Canadian intriguing story. We think interesting. I mean, this is like both of us do. So mm-hmm. hang around for that. We'll uh, talk about that in a minute. But first, let's make sure that we give due to these folks. Frederick? Yeah, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. The official name, Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. Go to chamberplan.ca today. Get all the information you need about having a benefits package for your small company. We're saying one to, say, 100 employees, you know. Small businesses can do this. They've been around for uh, 40 years, 30,000 Canadian businesses part of this. Yeah, it really works. Uh, You'll be pleasantly surprised. You can get a free quote today if you go to uh, chamberplan.ca. Find out how it works and how it can work for you and your employees. Really, it's the smart thing to do because your employees will love you for this. You know, that security that comes with a benefit package, I mean, really, it's... uh, well, you can't really describe it. It's just great. Uh, go there today. There's all sorts of uh, testimonials on how it's worked for other companies. The products are all available under the umbrella. Yeah. Take the time today. Chamberplan.ca. We've been telling you about this uh, fine organization for a while. Every once in a while, we get to interview people that have uh, used uh, GoDaddy as part of their entrepreneurial journey. GoDaddy has been powering small business and entrepreneurs for over a quarter century and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. 
Hey, GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. You can even start your website for freezies with GoDaddy today. Try it out. No credit cards even required. And then you get GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 support. They're also here to help you every step of the way. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. That's GoDaddy.ca. Uh, this story that we're about to talk about has been sort of in the news the last week or so. And uh, I was uh, kind of uh, vaguely aware of it. And then I said to you this morning, we should talk about this hockey Canada thing. And you, of course, uh, were up to speed, as you are, on all the important issues. So um, maybe set the table... And then we can talk about this so that, uh, you know, again, people don't, don't think we only talk about American scandals and issues. Well, it came to light um, that there was a sexual assault, I believe, on the East Coast, Halifax, 2018. Uh, Canada's uh, uh, world junior hockey team. Uh, yeah, it was uh, involved one girl and several members of the team that uh, sexually assaulted her. And then through that story, when she made it public, it was revealed that Hockey Canada had a, a, a separate or private slush fund for paying off any um, lawsuits involving sexual assault, which led to everyone to believe that this was common practice. Yeah, the way they put it here, it says they maintained a reserve to pay for uninsured yeah. liabilities. So it's almost like, oh, listen, we better put this money aside because boys will be boys, you know. Yeah. And then since then, it's uncovered that a similar thing happened, I believe, in 2003 in yeah, Hamilton. Halifax. That's how it started, yeah. Yeah. Um, so through that, I mean, Hockey Canada has been under a lot of scrutiny. I mean, the whole structure of it, it's like, you know, we got to, everybody involved, we've got to wipe them out and uh, put new people in place. But there's there seems to be a, a it seems to be a struggle to do that. So as I said to you earlier today, I don't really understand the hierarchy. Like who's in charge to say, you know, you're gone, you're gone, you're gone. It's just not happening. Well, yeah, and I'm going to play the clip of the uh, the young woman that's uh, now sort of a, the interim chairman or whatever. But I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about this mm-hmm. sort of this culture of hockey. It's been around as long as I can remember. You know, I mean, the incidences are disgusting, but the original, the, the, forget the Halifax one just for a second, the 2018 one that happened in London, it, you know, so this, the, the victim mm-hmm. met this hockey player. They mm-hmm. went back to his hotel room and right. they had what sounds like from what I've read, consensual sex. Okay. Then a bunch of the teammates come in. And now she's in a gangbang that she didn't sign up for, which is, mm-hmm. again, if I'm getting from what I've read so far this morning, and now I'm reading the, the report that that's kind of what happened. The remaining defendants entered the room and assaulted this woman only identified as EM. And uh, by the way, to be clear, she's suing uh, for three and a half million or something. Mm-hmm. So the original the original incident was it sounds like somewhat consensual but it's this hockey culture like that's the thing that a lot of people know that this this kind of thing the puck bunnies the culture of of guys you know sharing women with their teammates 
That isn't new. It's disgusting, but it's not like this is the first time that's happened in a hockey setting. Like these guys, these kids, they're just doing, you know, that it's, do you know what I'm sort of saying? Like, no, 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 I know, you know, right down to a lot of part of that culture. What do they call it? Hazing and absolutely Uh, stuff the kids were put through and, you know, it's not tolerated anymore for a long time. It was, it was just laughed off. And listen, a lot of these young hockey players, Soon it beca- as soon as it becomes apparent, like at 9 or 10 years old, that they play hockey, they can play hockey in there, they have a special talent, they're treated that way. Yeah. So it's almost like this entitlement. When they get to that age, it's like they can have whatever they want. There's just this weird attitude, and obviously that's drifted over into uh, yes. having sex with girls that may not even want it. And this, uh, therein lies the issue. And rather than dealing with it, Hockey Canada, rather than dealing with it in the appropriate manner, it's like they create this fund to yeah. shove it under the rug. And it's going to have far-reaching. And in a second, I want you to explain this whole re, this reticence. And I'll play the clip. But first, here are the uh, here are Hockey Canada's top sponsors that suspended their activities: BDO, Canadian Tire. Imperial Oil, Scotiabank, Recipe Unlimited, TELUS, and now recently Tim Hortons. Yeah. And Canadian Tires pulled its financial support of the 2023 World Junior Hockey Championships in Halifax. Question to you. Isn't that kind of hurting the Hockey Canada what the, the good that they do, and again, I understand this is a scandal, but so now Hockey Canada won't have any support from anybody because of this <clears throat> of this yeah. problem. Well, now you know that means. I mean, this is so far reaching. So, say the World Hockey Championships. You know, that's TSN's big baby every year, right around Christmas. So now these sponsors are not going to sponsor what the television uh, broadcast or Hockey Canada directly. And as I said to you early, earlier, you're going to start seeing things move now because, you know, money talks. It just does. And the pressure now that's going to be on the broadcasters and Hockey Canada with the, with, with the withdrawal of these sponsors, it's going to be staggering. Because there's, not, there's, no, there's nobody else lined up willing to say, I'll take that spot. Yeah. I mean, this is poison right now. Yeah, and, and then again... Well, I just wonder if, you know, because this is going to bring to light a lot of things, but these there's a lot of kids playing hockey under mm-hmm. the umbrella of Hockey Canada. They're going to be hurt by the withdrawal of sponsorship. And by the way, that sponsors not just for the world juniors. Those are people that support Hockey Canada in general. Yeah, right across the country. Yeah. You know, in Hockey Canada, money filters down to uh, local uh, organizations. And it's just been announced that uh, Hockey Quebec is totally disassociating itself from Hockey Canada. And it's got nothing to do with the old separation thing. It's like we're not giving any of our money from our level to Hockey Canada until this is straightened out. Right. Which you can. I mean, that's a great move. I, I That's warranted. But again, I just wish I was a little more well-versed. I, what's the holdup? Like, who who wields the power to say all you people are gone and you're being replaced? So here's the interim board chair. You pointed this uh, out to me. Andrea Skinner, uh, a young lawyer 
former hack, former hockey Canada board. I'm sorry. She's the interim chair. And here she is talking about how difficult it would be to replace the leadership of hockey Canada. So can I, can I just say when I first saw this on the news, I found it very disturbing because everything she says, it's like bullshit. Like none of it makes sense. And she, a woman is defending the current um, hierarchy and board to the to the end that I it's just weird yeah yeah play it okay, have a listen to this as she sort of is, is coming to the defense not not of what they did but of not completely restructuring the board I think stability is an important consideration especially in view of the fact that we have an entire board that's up for election in just in just a couple of months time and I don't think it's in the in the best interest of hockey or hockey Canada for for this organization to be destroyed I, I don't I don't think that a mass exit if all the board were to resign and if all of senior management to be replaced who would they be replaced with what will that mean for hockey well yeah so your point is well taken who cares what they're replaced with replace I, I, listen I've, I've been on a board getting some new people on the board yeah it's a weird it's a a weird excuse yeah it is you know replace them with people that haven't tried to push sexual assault under the rug and you know it's far-reaching now because the more they scratch under the surface the more they're finding now there's going to be a complete audit of hockey canada because they've uncovered stuff like uh five thousand dollar a night hotel rooms presidential suites all sorts of lavish dinners (laughs) that really didn't that really didn't lend themselves to the to the to the job at hand you know a bunch of people living high off the hog you could replace them tomorrow he's yeah What's the status quo? Well, that's Have what I understand. This, I'm, I'm yeah. reading the article, Freddie. She's very adamant. She says, I think there's a significant risk to the organization if all of the board resigns and if all of the senior leadership is no longer there. We, I'll tell you what's a significant risk. If you don't do it, none of those sponsors that we've mentioned will ever come back because in order to get this organization reorganized, they've got to get rid of everyone that may have had anything to do with any of this stink. Anybody that knew about it. You know, and apparently now they've just, you know, she denies it. This Andrea Skinner. Denies what? Pardon me. She denies they found another fund now that was sort of working the same way. So it's a it, like it's a whole other layer of money that was to be used for sexual assault. And she's saying, oh, no, that's being misrepresented. Well, sorry, darling. But at this point, it's really hard to support or believe anything that's coming out of Hockey Canada. But, like, that's exactly what they need to do. Until it's squeaky clean. Yeah. Until they almost overcompensate with uh, being squeaky clean. Well, wouldn't you want to put a cent into this Yeah, thing? wouldn't you really think that getting rid of the board would be sort of the minimum they should do the um the woman uh, by the way this i don't know if we made this clear i certainly didn't with that the uh the woman in in question they they did settle this lawsuit 3.55 oh, yeah, 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 yeah. million dollars she this was ex- how it all came to light yeah, yeah. exactly so it, she mm-hmm. they they paid her this money mm-hmm. and just listen to this um She'd been sexually assaulted at a Hockey Canada Foundation event by eight former eight former Canadian Hockey League players, at least some of whom were members of the 2018 World Junior Team. I say to you, sir, some of those are members of the NHL right now. Well, this is another thing. 
they haven't been named who was involved yet. And I find that a little frustrating. I mean, you can do the process of elimination. There are several players on that team that have come out and said, I was not in that room. I was not anywhere near this when it happened. So you scratch them off the list, and then you look at the remaining names, right? Mm-hmm. You look at the remaining names of uh, guys that haven't said anything, who haven't come out and denied it. Right. Um, and that's a tough situation, too, because, you know, innocent until proven guilty, I guess. Um, so you don't want to be flinging those names out just in case there's somebody that hasn't come out and is innocent and on and on and on and all that stuff. But but anyway, what we have to deal with right here at the these guys need to be punished, of course, who did it. But the the structure, it has to be ripped apart and rebuilt. And that's again, it was this Andrea Skinner to me. It was almost like she was a glassy eyed cultist, like just defending that to the bitter end. And weird, a little even more weird is the fact that it's a woman. Maybe that's not fair, but I'm thinking, wow. And she's not stupid. I mean, she's a lawyer, and no, I know. I mean, but you know, the, it's well weird. Educated. And, it's it's yeah. weird what she's saying here. As as you're talking, I'm just kind of skimming the article. At one point, I, I think I lost it here. She said the reason they settled the lawsuit was out of compassion for the woman. Oh, did you? Out of compassion, yeah, I guess out of compassion and the fact that you were being fucking sued. How about mm-hmm. that part? You know, Howard, I, I think the basis of Hockey Canada, you know, a lot of these, believe it or not, when you go into a rink and you're seeing AAA hockey, AA hockey, you got to pay admission when you go in. Right. You do. Like parents. And, yeah, yeah, anyway, I know. That, that money, a, a portion of that money goes to Hockey Canada. So when you're paying your admission to see your son's AAA, part of that money is going to pay... A woman, $3.5 million, who's been sexually assaulted. You just can't have that. And it just can't continue. Not only that, but part of what you're being paid or you're paying to is to so that Hockey Canada uh, can uh, give uh, $3,000 championship rings to all their board members. Yeah, not players. Not players. <laughs> um, anyway, go and look up the story. Because I said to you mm-hmm. as we started the, the day, I said, you know, this is a story we should talk about because... I'm only vaguely aware of what's going on. But now having, you know, had this discussion and looked up some of the stuff around, it's unbelievable to me. And I say, mm-hmm. like, the, the excuse of, well, we can't completely reorganize our board. Well, yeah, you can. That's not that hard to do. There's lots of people yeah. that would do it. You can, because there's no anybody that was in position when this stuff was taking place or at, even after took control yes. and knew this had happened, they've got to go. They got to go. Yeah, they got to get the people there, even that were associated with some of the stink on this, even if they weren't directly involved with covering it up or the slush fund or whatever. But mm-hmm. it just it, it's it, it is interesting. Rick Westhead is the guy at TSN that yeah. was doing the reporting. And, and Romanuk, our buddy Paul, was sort of quoted by saying in this article that he applauded the fact that you know, that TSN let Rick do this because mm-hmm. the jun- world juniors, as you said, mm-hmm. is a huge thing for the, you know, for TSN as a network. Mm-hmm. And it sort of speaks well of them for letting them kind of go ahead and investigate this and report the story as they have. So go check it out at TSN.ca and Rick Westhead is a senior correspondent. Uh, but just, you know, you're one of those guys on the board and you know, and it's like you get word that this has happened to this young woman. And that's yeah. your response. That's your reflex. I know. It's weird. Let's get some money and pay her off so nobody hears about this. Really? Um, 
it will be also interesting if and when, because in this day and age, it's going to come out who they were, who these young men were. And some of them, as I yeah. say, can it's statistically, I'm sure a few of them made to made it to the pros. Well, and you know, Howard, what what type of lobbying is going on there? What if it's a significant players and NHL teams are thinking, boy, if this is exposed, we may lose this guy or who knows what could happen. Yeah, man. What's going on behind the scenes there? It's like the Montreal Canadiens last year. There was a kid that uh, took pictures um, of his girlfriend or a girl he was having sex with and showed all his teammates. And obviously she didn't know. She didn't give permission. She was appalled. Um, she was embarrassed. It came out. And this kid said he was eligible for the draft. And he said, listen, I feel horrible about this. I should never have done this. I sh- I don't want to take part in the draft this year. Please do not draft me. I'm just, yeah, that's I the way that. I feel. Yeah. And there, and then there was sort of a gentleman's agreement in the NHL. Okay, we'll back off this kid, at least wait a year. And what happens with the 31st pick, the Montreal Canadiens draft him. Because you know why? He was a very, very good player who probably should have been drafted higher than 31. So the Habs get to the point where it's like, well, it's the last pick of this round. We have it. Let's go for it. You know, Trudeau, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, all... Um, there was a lot of reaction to that saying, Habs, what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. it, it just doesn't look good. But they did it. And why did they do it? Because this guy might help them win a Stanley Cup one day. That's all that matters to them. Yeah. And then they want to talk about, you know, uh, rehabilitation. And he's learned a lot along the way. Great. That could happen. But the agreement at the time and the kid asked not to be drafted. So with that in mind, why? So they went against this kid's wishes and they sort of. Yeah fucked over all the other teams that might have taken them Mm -hmm. no wonder we hate the Habs yeah fucking Habs no really not a good day for that organization and it's still to this they've just uh, gave him a contract too and I was reading the other day you know defending that oh he's learned his lesson and we've put him in uh, therapy and all these things well great but still that wasn't the that wasn't the agreement but you know human nature is such I remember that story now but I haven't would not have remembered it ever again if you hadn't brought it up. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. in the world of, you know, the way things happen now, that's a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. And uh, the thing is it, Oh, look, Dan Duran's got himself a brawly now. Mm-hmm. Look, Dan Duran's in the backyard with the umbrella up. Mary Poppins. Mm-hmm. Well, sorry to interrupt the uh, diatribe there, but I was, uh, no, no, know, it's fine. It's, rain's I mean, coming. I mean, it's coming. By the way, it's coming to its natural and we got to segue into something else here. Right. Um, but yeah, that is, uh, go check out Rick Westhead's article at, uh, tsn.ca. It's got all the info and mission. Now, are you, uh, fully up to date there, brother, man? Are you, uh, do you nope. feel like you might uh, switch gears and maybe talk a little bit about uh, betting and such? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, our friends at Bodog, uh, listen, for your uh, wagering entertainment, they've got it all, including the early line on Game 1, Jays and Mariners, Alec Manoa against Luis Castillo, the run line, one and a half Jays. Okay, they are the favorite. You got to spend one hundred and forty-five dollars to win a hundred if you bet the Jays in Game One tomorrow. All right, and there's an NFL game tonight. It's uh, the Denver Broncos against the Indianapolis Colts. The Bronx, a three-point pick to win that game. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. 
From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, yeah, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. I uh, Before we get to dance news, and again, I, I really thought we were going to have a lot more, you know, goats up a tree uh, talk, but anyway... <laughs> Um, I will just say that uh, there's a bunch of people I follow on Twitter, and one of them is a sex worker. Mm. Mm -hmm. How do I know she's a sex worker? Uh, Because she worked for a while um, for our friend Emily Muse. And so I, I used to see her posts, and they were, you know, quite provocative. And they were always um, linked to Muse Massage Spa, a former uh, big friend of our show. Mm -hmm. And um, I just came across this the other day, and I thought, I wonder what Dan and Fred would think of this. So she's now, I believe, transitioned from working for Emily Muse to working on her own. And uh, she sells herself as a, uh, you know, for sex. That's what people do. Mm-hmm. Are you following me so far? She's a sex worker. Yes. Yeah. Selling herself. So I uh, came across this a couple of days ago <clears throat> on her Twitter feed. It says, uh, hey, guys, I'm officially booking for December. Mm. If you would like to see me in December, please send me an email and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I thought... Mm. Booking for December may not be the best marketing plan for a sex worker. And here's why. Because, listen, if you're going to go see her, we, we know you see a lot of people. But I don't think people want to imagine the amount that you're, bo- you're, you're seeing so many men that you're booking for 60 days in advance. That right, means if right, you, let's, right. so, so let's say you book her and you're like, hey, December mm-hmm. 5th, that's my day. And then yeah. somehow you start thinking about, okay, 62 days from now, four guys a day. It's just a lot to take in. I agree. Booking for December is not how I would market, you know, Somebody, but I, but I, then on the other hand, I thought, well, what else is she going to do? She's so popular that she's booking for December may also be a great um, advertising uh, proposition, Dan. And Fred, like, you know, I'm so popular. You can't see me until December. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. And mm. She's got great stuff. Apparently, and I thought, yeah, you know, it's like come to you know popular level. Santa. Then I'm trying to think of some joke about like Santa coming down the chimney, coming down Mm -hmm. the chimney, you know, coming into the chimney, yeah, that type of thing. (laughs) That's as far as I got. So when you say sex worker, is this beyond uh, like rub and tug? Well, that's why I told you at the beginning, she's not working for Emily anymore. She's now gone on her own journey. Yeah, but I'm a naive Brampton guy. So when you say... Yes, she's having sex, intercourse, and other things for money. Yes. Well, now I'm clear on that. So now, yeah. So the impact of your your whole thing is... I apologize. I thought I made that clear. Okay, no. Well, you probably did to people that, you know... We're listening. (laughs) And not not wondering, is this interesting or not? No, because, no, you said Muse, and I knew... Well, no, I said uh, she she was with Muse, and I know now that she's gone off on her own. I did say that. But I thought that was rub and tugging. I'm sorry. No, she's she's beyond rub and tugging. 
Okay. Although I'm sure, if listen, if that's what you want, if you wanted to go in for a quick rub and tug, I'm sure she would take care of you. <laughs> <laughs> massage, massage, jiggy, jiggy, jiggy. Bye. She'll fit you in. Yeah. She'll fit you in. But that's well, the thing. Booking for December, I mean, mm. all I'd be thinking of is, well, it's got to be like, if, even if it's three guys, that's 180 guys that will get there before me. I don't know if I want that kind of. Oh, well, now we have Dan Duran's rain. I didn't expect the rain. Well, Again. You know, what are they even calling for rain today? Uh, it's supposed <laughs> to go away, actually. It's supposed to dissipate this morning because I'm going golfing in about an hour. Well, okay, so if it's beyond rubbing and hugging, is that, is that legal? Like, where no. is that all at? Well, like, it's, no, prostitution is not legal. So how do you promote yourself on social media? And like, I think you don't give a shit. What if the coppers shit? come? What if the coppers come? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, buddy. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, what if the co- so many questions. What if the coppers show up? Hey, now, what are you doing? You're doing some kind of sex there? You got some yeah. sex going we on? We just thought there was a little tugging going on here. Not oh, there. Not there. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Get that out of your mouth. I can't remember whose joke this was, but it's brilliant. In America, prostitution is illegal, but filming porn isn't. So you can, so it's like you can have sex with people for money, but only if your buddy's filming it. <laughs> it was a pretty great concept when you think about it, because prostitution is essentially illegal, except porn is legal. So you can fuck people on, you can fuck people for money as long as it's on camera. Yeah, that's weird. And isn't there some, isn't it the solicitation is illegal, but not the actual act? Or yes, something? that's right. So prostitution, I think it's in and of right. itself, it's not illegal, but mm-hmm. to, I don't know. The, yeah, as you say, so, the solicitation. This of is why this young woman you're talking about, I, I was a bit confused because that's blatant solicitation. Yes. Through social media. And if there's intercourse taking place, this is highly illegal. Yeah, but you, have to, but you have to know that she's a sex worker. It's, you know, the, you know, there's a lot of. People on uh, Twitter, I don't think, you know, the coppers, as you call them, the coppers, the bobbies, I don't think the bobbies are worrying about some one individual sex worker that's booking for December. Well, what if I was an undercover dick? I could, <laughs> speaking of I undercover, I could actually contact her and say, right now, yeah. book an appointment and then. Once there, flash my badge and bring her to justice. <laughs> that's right. That's what you. That's what you call it. Hey, honey, look at this. I call it my badge. It's my undercover dick. Uh, why don't you? You mean what if you were a gumshoe? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, listen. It's time for. No. Here's to a fella named Anduran, a hell of a guy with a hell of a big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Anduran, the anchor man comes and has for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Anduran, the anchor man's here. He's going to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And by the way, here at Humble and Fred Radio, we're also booking for December. And now, with news and views under a brawly at his friend Liz's backyard in the cool Toronto West End, East End, here's Don DeRue. Driverless vehicles, you hear about them. 
but they're doing it over there, not here. Well, double take here as Loblaws and a partnering company, Gaddick, are the first with driverless delivery trucks on the road. Now, since 2020, they've been logging 150,000 hours in driverless trucks with a person sitting there, just in case. Absolutely no incidents. This has been around the Toronto area, GTA. As of yesterday, they have four driverless trucks with a person monitoring and one with no person. Ah. Taking stuff from distribution centers to stores. So you could look over and see there's absolutely nobody in the truck next to you, which, Howard, I empathize because it would be very unsatisfying to have a road rage oh, yeah. with a driverless vehicle. I'm going to have one. I'm going to chase one of those driverless vehicles back to its pod. <laughs> wow. It's like, is, that, that. is that Howard Glassman chasing a driverless vehicle all the way to Hamilton? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. And imagine his surprise when he gets there and he gives the finger to nobody. How many sensors are on that thing that it knows when there's vehicles beside it, in front of it, left-hand turns? Like, like, I, 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 I don't. Dude, it's crazy. My buddy Dave, his, uh, his truck right now is so fancy. It has a driver. It has a, a mode where you can, it can drive itself. It senses once it's in traffic, it will, he can, it's like an autopilot. So that technology with a driver there monitoring it, it is definitely already a thing. It's the same way those cars, by the way, me. the same way they can park themselves, which I find fascinating too. Yeah. The first person to be killed by a driverless vehicle, there's going to be, that's going to, that's going to be a story. That is going to be a story. Well, we apparently have a story here in a second. We have a special guest that is signed in. And I, I wonder, Dan, I, Mike, should I let that special guest in now? Yeah, let him in. It's about you know what. No, I get it. Okay. So, Dan, um, do you want to finish? We're going to finish this driverless uh, vehicle uh, story. And then do you have any others to follow? No, I do have another story. Okay, well, let me just say to the special guest, let me just tell the special guest to stand by. Okay, please, Dan. Mm, This is scary. Funny you say that. But it's um I I would love I would love to just see one. I'd like to drive beside one, like as you say, just to see like how does this happen? And then pulls up in front of the store it's supposed to pull up in front of and yeah. like I know, they can send, you know, stuff into space to collide with a little tiny asteroid, but I didn't think they had it all worked out yet. Yeah, because I did. Of, oh, of, yeah. Uh, with your Teslas, you know, they whatever they, you know, whatever they do, that version of it, they say, well, you know, it's an auto drive, but you're not, you're mm-hmm. not supposed to totally, you know, not have your, you're supposed mm-hmm. to have your hands ready to go on the wheel, right? Yeah. But to Fred's point, with the the moral questions, that's a lot of computing power to figure out which person to hit first. You know, the old trolley, <laughs> the train yeah. trolley thing. That 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 try and figure out. You know, which which moral decision a driverless car. I didn't think they figured that out yet. Yeah. Well, mm. and that is also interesting mm. to think about. Well, we we sent a thing into space that ten months later, ten months it right, took right. to collide with an asteroid. I guess they figured out how to get the truck back to Sobeys. You know, somehow it's out there. And uh, in our lifetime, you know, in the next 10 or 15 years, it's just going to become commonplace. Dan, let's get to our second story uh, so that we can get to our special guest in Toronto, Mike, uh, in the house. Uh, Then we got to wrap things up. Dan, what's your uh, story as I... 
an extra charge when you charge it. As of today, credit card companies are allowing merchants to charge a service charge. Really? So it was part of it was part of a, a third. Uh, they had a, a, an agreement. There was some sort of lawsuit that went on between Visa, Mastercard, and merchants, and they settled that. And as part of that, they have new rules. And so, though it's not a free for all uh, starting today, merchants must give card provider uh, their. Uh, their customers 30 days notice that of their intent to start charging a fee. They must also make it clear to customers the time of payment that there is a surcharge. It can't be more than they pay themselves, and it must be capped at 2.4%. Well, yeah. What? Yeah, there's so going to be a service charge to have a credit card now. Isn't there already a charge to have a credit card? It's a service charge when you no when you pull up uh, you know you want to buy something at uh, you know at your at your restaurant or whatever uh, you know uh, I don't know Costco or whatever they had the opportunity they were never allowed to charge extra for using a credit card that wasn't legal because of the contract that they signed but now it's changed so that when somebody shows up uh, uh, and said you know wants to charge their card say okay well we have an extra charge it's going to be another couple of bucks on top of that. Uh, and uh, that's the way we do things here now. So you, there's that so, extra fee involved. So if you're a go- if you're a person that pays it off every month and you pay no interest, but now you're going to be paying like upwards of two percent just for using it. No, at the merchant end. So yeah, when you're when you're buying, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So if I buy some for hundred bucks, it's going to be a hundred and two fifty or whatever. Right. Right. Oh, when, at the at the merchant side, not the mer- yeah, yeah. Comes. I understand now. No, no, I understand that. Yeah. I, it's still two and a half bucks on a hundred. Like seriously, it's and uh, interesting. If they don't get enough money, and ca- but I know it, it costs merchants as well to use it exactly card, right? uh, yeah. because a lot of merchants that don't want to have the yeah. hassle of it just say cash or debit. And yes. I think it was Quebec, Dan. I saw the story, isn't it? Quebec's not going to allow this. One of the provinces is saying, "Fuck you." Oh, I didn't, I didn't uh, right. hear about the Quebec part. I thought yeah. one of the, I thought somebody was saying, no, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, but yeah, that's what they're going to allow merchants to do because some of them, it, co- <laughs> it, they, it costs them money to allow, have you use your Visa or MasterCard. Okay. Well, there's a lot of things that were discussed on the show um, today. And if only we knew what show this was. I'll tell you who does know. Every single number of his episodes is Toronto Mike. Our producer and uh, and we have a special guest with us, Fred. Look, it's our old friend, Aww. Scary. So what? It's such a long Scary bald headed Pete is here. Hello, Baba. How are Hello. you? Hello, boyfriends. <laughs> yes, that's that, that, Papa. Yes, Papa. Hey, Papa. How are you? You good? I'm good. Uh, parts of me aren't still inside of me anymore, but I'm good. <laughs> Do you have a... Uh, I'll let you imagine. <laughs> so I was going to say, where are we going? <laughs> Part of my anus is prolapsed. I don't know why. Exactly. Yes, yeah, very much so. How are you guys doing? Uh, well, we're great, man. It's good to see you. And I guess uh, I didn't know you were going to be on until I saw Boone pop on the Zoom. And I, I'm assuming, Boone, why don't you set up why the most one of the most talented people we've ever worked with is here with us today. So last week when I popped on the show, we talked about that uh, parody of the Crash Test Dummy song. Right. Uh, what's that song called again, Pete? What's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm, yeah. The, uh, the original song, I think, is called... Uh, oh, Keep a Lid on Keep it. a Lid keep on a, it. Yeah. Keep a li- Actually, keep a lid on it. for reference, and I just happen to have it here, is uh, this is the... Doggy in the Doghouse. You did, baby, you did. 
What a weird song. It is a weird song. But you know, and, and and I want Pete to tell the story because when we heard this, yeah. I don't know who came up with. I'm probably you, but the the idea of it was just it fit Gooheads so well because he's saying you did, baby. And I remember, I haven't heard this in a long time, but there's a line in there that says, uh, every number you call is wrong. Exactly. And and it's one of those parody songs that we did, and we did a bunch of them, where the lyrics fit so well with the little narrative we made up. But I remember the first one being, Goo Head, baby, Goo Head. Yeah, yeah. And it um, it was fun, too, because if you, like, as far as how this was made up, the three of us are doing pretty prominent things in it you know what i mean like i know as time went on it was sort of i ended up just singing a bunch of stuff but back then it was that we all sort of brainstormed all the goofy lines and then we all sang or did a main part like you're the big voice in the background and fred's obviously fred's obviously good and you're doing the chorus so um yeah can we let's listen it's thursday so we i'm gonna indulge how long is the actual song mike that you've got in front of you uh, three. I can't be that long. Hold yeah. on, because I no, no, it's two. It's two in a couple of seconds. Like it's two, just over two. Well, let's yeah. just listen to a minute of it. Let's not go two, sure. but let's listen to a minute of okay. it. And uh, what so, year were this? Am I playing this or you? I don't have it. Oh, okay, because I attached it to those notes. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Let me. Oh, I apologize. He doesn't read your notes. I, I, re- I didn't read that part. <laughs> no, you know what? That's not true. I did, Mike. I did see it yesterday and forgot that you had attached it. Uh, so I can play it. Here we go. Okay, I'll play it. No, Here I'll play it. It's just easier. Come oh. on. Okay, okay, I'm gonna play. It. You play. It. You I'm play. gonna play it. You play. I play. You play. There we go. I'll play it. I was wondering if you could help me. Who put the cat in the cataract? Who put the sand in the sandwich? Who had burger? That's a great line. Every number that you call is wrong. You always mix up things. Who put the, the poo in the poutine? <laughs> the best one. Who put the cock in the cockpit? Very risque. Who put the Harry in the Krishna? Who had baby? Who Who put the ass in the aspirin? Who had baby? Who had baby? Keep your hands on the phone while I'm gone. You always mix up things. Every number that you call is wrong. I'm in your washroom. <laughs> Nobody in washroom. Would you like to sing with me? It's Maple Leaf Garden. It's cold. How do I get my TV for five ninety nine? Oh let me know. I really, really like my boss, and nobody else gets along with him, so they said, oh, you should phone this number. What's the name of your place again? Bunghole Liquors. Bunghole Liquors. 
Why? Who put that big voice in the background? Who heard baby? Who heard? Oh, that big voice is scaring me. Who heard baby? Who heard baby? Keep your hands off the phone while I'm gone. Your lips up flames. Every number that you call is wrong. Wow. Now you're right. That really was, I, I'm going to say, it was really clever and it was well done. And and it all, you know, I, I don't know what it, it gives me an emotional feeling. It was so good. And, and yeah. such a combination of such humble and Fred, such humble and Fred stuff. It's like yeah. every fucking you know sort of stupid play on who put the ass in the aspirin, <laughs> all that stuff. You know, so, that is what year? Man. What year would that be? Did you mention that? What actual would that be? Ninety-seven, I think. Ninety-seven, ninety-eight. Yeah. 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 So that's 25 years ago. 20 yeah, no. Yeah. Years. <laughs> just, and also that sort of other, the other thing that made me wow. well up a little bit is the self-referential, like at the very end when he's saying, oh, who's the big voice? And I'm saying the same thing. And it's just yeah, so yeah. fucking, <laughs> yeah. like, it's really well done. I don't care. This yeah. is what we should yeah. send to the broadcast Hall of Fame people. Well, what's, <laughs> what's cool about it is, you know, just what was going on at that place at the time. I mean, we had the character Goohead, and then you make a song about the character, and that becomes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what no, I mean? it was it's really like, good. That you call that multi-level, eh? Multi-level. Okay, thank you. Thank you, thank you for that. Who put that? Who put that? I just love that, Pete. That was so well yeah. done, and and thanks for thanks. popping in this morning. How are things with you, y'all? Right? Yeah, of course, everything's good. I'm actually in uh, Halifax. I'm not in prison as uh, with the background. Here. Why are you yeah. Halifax? Um, you still live uh, in Toronto? Are you still living in I Toronto? Do. Yes, I am, but I'm oh, not okay. visiting my my uh, my mom for uh, Thanksgiving. So. Oh, mama. well, that's lovely. Yeah, mama. Yeah, yeah. mama. <laughs> you know, it was also interesting, Pete, during that, as I was listening to it, I just kind of looked up at the screen a couple times and you were just rocking back. I know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, some things never change. No, exactly. Um, yeah. Well, hang around here. White for, room, me rocking. <laughs> sure. Hang around for a quick second. Mike, we're going to play. This will be might, might be fun for uh, Pete to uh, play along with us. Uh Mike has put together a game entitled Guest or Not. And I think this was inspired because a couple of weeks ago, I was, Pete, we were playing uh, some April Wine and Transition music. And I said, man, I, I used to love that band. It would be great if we could get Miles Goodwin on the show. Mm-hmm. And then Mike comes on and goes, yeah, he was on about, um, about a year ago. I was like, really? He <laughs> <laughs> was? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. Memorable. Okay, exciting. I can't wait to do this. Now, the big rule here is these have to be guests on the podcast, so this doesn't count anybody who came by when you're at uh, 102.1 or Mojo or Mix. Oh, okay. This is podcast only, which is a key rule there. Okay. Hey, okay, so we make- got the rules. <laughs> <laughs> so no pink. Okay. So I'm going to shout out the celebrity and you just guys guess if it's, uh, they were, were they on the podcast or not. Okay. George Chevallo. Yes. I'm going to say, oh, yeah, I, I think oh. this reminds me of Andrew Crystal and there would have been some connection. Yes. I'm going to say, so, uh, so our final uh, number is yes, Mike. I think George Savallo, we did a phone call with him or something. 
George Chavalo never appeared on the podcast. Damn it. You know, I no. was going to say God no. God damn it. It was the crystal thing. <laughs> okay. Next. I'm loving this. Okay. Hold Stuttering on. Stuttering John. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, I remember too that. Too easy then. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Hold on a second, Mike. I need to get some uh I need to get some transition music here. <laughs> guest or no guest brought to you by <laughs> uh, all right, so uh we're one for one. Who's next? Taylor Dane. Oh. Uh I'm yes. gonna say yes, yeah. Correct. Yes, she came by the studio. Now, we don't want Dan and Pete to have guesses, just you guys. I don't know. Well, listen, if Dan and Pete want to weigh in, sure, let's give uh, Dan and no, Pete uh, I, I uh, no I was I was rocking yes. I was rocking yes. Right, Pete like, rocked back and forth. Yeah, I was going like this. That's right. <laughs> in an affirmative rocking manner. <laughs> an affirmative rock. <laughs> All right, who's next? Okay, you guys. Are... Astronaut Chris Hadfield. No. Yes. Yes. No. Oh, I should have waited. My bad. I should have waited. That's okay. Oh, we tried and wanted, and it just never worked out. Oh. Did we not have him on? Can't, you know, here's the thing. Like, you know, to your point earlier, Fred, can't we just say he was on the show? Fuck it. We're exposing ourselves now. Yeah. We, could just, we could claim anyone was on the show. From now on, I won't get the answer to like Who put the bean bag in the... Yes, in fact, uh, <laughs> even Mike, even you've tried a couple of times, right? It's a timing thing, or no, yeah. yeah, you have to go through this channel of PR right. that handles his appointments, and, and yeah. never came together. But uh, how many right, more? How, how many more of these do we have? Well, I have like right. ten more. If that's cool, yeah, like, I don't have ten more time. No, time you don't. Okay, because I spent so much time preparing this uh, game. Okay, three here. more. Three more. Three more. Okay, <laughs> Donovan Bailey. No. Yes. Dan? Mm, no. Pete? No. No. The answer's no. Okay. Hey. Astronaut Roberta Bondar. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Dan? Yeah. 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 Sure. Pete's rocking sure. yes. <laughs> the answer's yes. Okay, give me a couple more here because I want to hear this one. Uh, Lennox Lewis, champion boxer Lennox Lewis. Yes. <sighs> I'm going to say yes. That came through Crystal. Yeah, whatever. Dan doesn't okay, give a the shit. Answer is, <laughs> the answer is the answer Dan doesn't is give yes. a shit. Okay. <laughs> the answer is yes. Jerry yeah. Howarth, who was just nominated. Yes, for yes, the yes. Award. Jerry's been on the show. Oh, yes. Okay, two more and then I'm out. What? And I'll leave this for another day. Uh, James Hinchcliffe. Oh, yeah. Um, very funny comedian. Uh, famous. No, uh, he's a... Oh, no. oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, he's a driver. Uh, yeah, yeah, we had him on. But he's a funny driver. He's a funny driver. He makes jokes <laughs> while he drives. That's right. Hey, the Dan's is yawning. Nice. Dan's yawning. We got to get out of this bit quick. <laughs> last one. Last one, then. Master T. Master T from Much Music. Yes. Dan? I don't know. <laughs> Dan still Dan is, Dan, like this By the way, Dan's still solidly in the I don't give a shit category. Uh, Master T, I right. think, uh, was on the show, yes. No, uh, Master T has not been on the show. Well, that's where we're at now in our journey. (laughs) Who else did the show when we were at 146? Because I remember Donovan Bailey came in there one day, but I guess it wasn't to be on our show. It was to be on somebody (laughs) He's just using the washroom. That's right. (laughs) When Fred says 146, he's referring to our old address. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, part of town where it, shit's going down. That's it right. was, uh, what's his head? Uh, you know, and uh, what was his name? The guy. What's his head? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, no, that guy. Riveting. The comic. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and he did the, the show with the girl for a while. What was his name? Your buddy. Our buddy. Oh, yeah. The nice big hair. Warren, Ward, Ward, uh, and Al. Ward Anderson. Yeah. Ward Anderson, yes. Yeah. It might have been to do their show. Yeah. Um, speaking of shows, Pete, uh, how's uh, things with your uh, progeny? How's uh, Dylan Gray uh, and her uh, career doing these days? Uh, doing well, yeah. Um, got a, I'm actually, this is actually news. I'm actually drumming for her now. So, Are yeah, you now? It's, it's a bi-generational. Uh, yeah, so I, I did a show for her. Yes. So I'm playing. She has a gig coming up at the Rivoli Saturday, October 15th. And I'm actually going to be drumming for her and doing Uncle Vince lines throughout the whole thing. That's right. (laughs) Combining Uh, it all. uh, And also, uh, next week in our show, Toronto Mike, uh, Tuesday, we're back from uh, the uh, Thanksgiving and we'll have a couple of guests Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, we have uh, Jeff Merrick. Nice. Returning to the program as uh, NHL hockey starts up again. That's uh, Tuesday. And Wednesday, uh, our rabbi, Ralph Ben Mergi, pops in. Fantastic. Cool. Love, Ralph. Love and, uh, and thanks for arranging a special guest uh, visit here from our very good friend, Pete Cunio, who is, as you could hear, well, and when I said, uh, you know, one of the most talented people we've ever worked with, and that parody thing we played there is just such a great example of what was going on in our show. Yeah. In the late nineties, yeah, yeah, me yeah. too. But, yeah, P, what what year were you inducted into the broadcast hall of fame? What year? <laughs> yeah, when did oh, that God. happen? Well, I think while I was still broadcasting, sure, They recognized the talent there. I think it was two thousand two. <laughs> they put Pete in. I just right. wonder <laughs> what it was, and not to belabor this, but I wonder what's more interesting. You know, trying to figure out what show number we're doing, or who was <laughs> who was guests on our show. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Thank God we had the Billy Ghost. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Dan Duran, if you're not too bored by now, maybe you could give a shit about the extra. This 3001 episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, Gig Sky, The Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, and HealthGage. You can email us, humbleandfred at humbleandfredradio.com, and on whatever platform you're listening, help us out, like us, subscribe, and, you know, give us all the stars. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember, Howard is a dilf, Fred has no back hair, and we're now booking December. Where's that?